Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rockin' with the best NFL Fantasy Football Podcast We talking mock drafts, running backs Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype Fantasy Football Enthusiasts, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. Coming back to you guys. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. With me, you heard him last episode on Eat Sleep Fantasy. You'll hear him again today, probably talking a little too much because I'm going to give him the microphone a ton. Mr. John Chapman, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's a great day. Uh, (laughs) We're only a week away from the NFL being over, and I'm already like, all right, counting down the Sundays. Yeah, yeah. For sure, um, and you may, uh, I apologize again for last week. I was quite nasally. I was just getting over a cold. I feel much, much better now, but uh, man, I was editing, and I was like, ugh, it was pretty bad, so I apologize to anybody. And thank it was you. a little uh, little Miley Cyrus-esque, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, it was pretty bad, so anyways, we're back. Uh, we have a couple things uh, we want to talk about. One, if you guys don't know or haven't heard of us before and you just clicked on our podcast, thanks for checking us out in the off season. We're going to try to put out at least one or two episodes a week, just keeping you guys updated throughout the season. We're not going to bore you with top 20 players of blah, 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 or things you should know for 2009. That's all garbage. Just let you guys know. I'm sorry. Um, it is. It's. It, we're so far from the beginning of the season. Anything uh, that we'll do like that is just filling air, and you don't want to hear us just filling air. We're coming, we're coming to you, bringing the heat, and hopefully giving you a little bit of goodness along the way. Um, what else is going on, John? Uh, do we have anything else to talk about? Man, yeah, just you know, once we get closer to the draft, we're going to have a lot of that because that is one of those things that does affect everything. So we'll do a little bit of anticipation stuff once we get closer. Um, I have an article that's coming out in the next couple of days that just talks about what to look for at each position um, whenever you're scouting from the draft to the NFL. Uh, just kind of like a rubric or a criteria for each position that's kind of like a nerdy breakdown. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so look out for that on Eat Sleep Fantasy. That's going to be up pretty soon. So Yeah, look, I like football as much as anybody else, okay? And that stuff bores the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I like it, and I like the outcome, and I love – and that's why I'm not a big writer. Uh, I really love to read a lot of this stuff, but – um, that is way too nerdy for me. I just Man. I want to hear. I just want to see like the outcome. I just want to see your rankings because I trust all all that other stuff. And some people, you know, they need to see that, and that's great. For me, it's like okay, I trust John. Skip, skip, skip. Go down, scroll, scroll. Where yeah, and I just look for the bold. You know, and I get points. that. And a lot of this, like I wrote this for myself, and you know, I do a lot of videos on Twitter, and I'll put up like, hey, this player's doing this correctly or doing this wrong whenever I'm going through film, and people will ask me questions like. You know, I'm going through edge players right now, and they'll ask me, like, well, what's more important, the speed rush or the bull rush? And it's like, well, it totally depends. Are you a 3-4? Are you a 4-3? Um, you know, there's two different edge positions in the 4-3. This one's more important and why. So I, instead of answering all these questions, I kind of wrote it just so I could say, go to this article. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep answering the same questions to the nerds like me out there over and over and over again. Yep, yep. Um, for those of you who are not... Uh, ready for football to be ended yet. Uh, don't forget there's AAF football out there. 
I am not into it. I know a lot of people are because you guys are all compulsive gamblers and need something to do in the off season. Um, so uh, we're probably not going to talk about the AAF a lot, but I do uh, have a couple of bullet points if you guys aren't familiar with it. Um, basically, John, uh, I'll let you kind of take it over. What do you know about the AAF and what makes it so interesting? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, they're almost setting it up like, you know, a triple-A ball club for the mm. NFL. And the cool thing about it is there's a lots of, uh, not lots, there's a handful of big names that have kind of filtered out of the NFL that, you know, quote-unquote draft busts or just people that haven't made it. Trent Richardson, Christian Hackenberg, you know, players, Quentin Patton for my 49ers fans out there. So, and some big name coaches as well, Mike Singletary, Steve Spurrier. You got New Heisel. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of big name potential, and the idea is, it this is a way for people to try to get back into the league, uh, to correct certain things that have happened or haven't happened, and you know, get back into the develop a little bit more, and you know, and that's the thing. Like, we want more NFL, so this is great. I think that this will also increase the product that the NFL puts on the field because uh, there's better development. You know, people like Kurt Warner, we all know that story. This gives an opportunity to more of those things. And if you've been following this for a while, if you remember back to the NFL world days, I freaking love that stuff. I wish they would wait a little bit longer instead of just one week right after the Super Bowl. But uh, no complaints about more football here. Uh, yeah. not, for, I, not for me. I wonder if this is going to end up uh, helping out some of the guys coming out of high school slash, you know, first year college, um, getting them a jump start, kind of like how the NBA is doing now, you know, where, um, you know, you could do kind of one and done type thing. I wonder if this is going to help the NFL kind of, you know, those guys who are just, you know, men at the age of, you know, 16 or 17, help them kind of come out and develop a little quicker. My assumption is it's not going to, they're still going to have that um, three years removed from high school rule. But if you were an undrafted free agent and you come out early, you can still get paid. These guys are getting paid, you know, not very much <laughs> NFL standard-wise, but they're getting about $7,000 a check if you're on the roster uh, a game. So, right. like, you're making some money. That's all right. It's not going to be much. I think it comes out to about 70000 if you play, like, the entire year. You know, which you're going to be messing your body up and all those things. But still, you can develop, make a little bit of money, and hopefully get some more tape so that NFL teams might see you. So. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Uh, what, um, it's 2000. Uh, let's go back, uh, I don't know, eight years, nine years, ten years. Uh, Tim Tebow coming out of high school. You know, huge prospect. Uh, and he was already pretty much built for the college game at that point. Why wouldn't he just go over to the AAF? play three years, make, I don't know, what, $30,000 or whatever, $20,000 a year playing for the AAF for three years and get drafted by the NFLs as opposed to making the Gators millions of dollars? Well, I'm not against that. And one of my, you know, biggest issues with, you know, the NCAA is how they take advantage of, you know, these high school kids or these mm -hmm. college kids and just pocket millions, sometimes billions of dollars mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, you get a scholarship, that's awesome. Name recognition, that's awesome. But, yeah, I'm with you. Now, you know, AAF's not accepting players right out of high school, though. That's part of their thing. Oh, is it? Was, okay. Yeah, know. they're not going to be accepting them straight out of high school. Now, they have not set a minimum age or anything, but um, it seems like they're going to kind of copy and paste 
the NFL rule where you have to be removed for three years out of high school. Oh, I, I agree you. with you. If you could compete, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, right, who <laughs> gigantic it dominated Alabama pro-style defense, and I think that that kid could play right now, and he would be the first overall pick if he was in the draft this year. I do believe that. Uh, so I think that that needs to be made. The problem is we're seeing so many kids – leave college early now be just for the hope of being a third or fourth round draft pick and they fizzle out instead of staying one more year so it, for tim tebow or trevor lawrence or these guys that are actually ready bo jackson whatever there's lots of other guys that just say you know what i need money now i'm just going to take my chances and their career doesn't ever get started right and they don't get the college degree sure yeah yeah uh, I like so, that. I like that question. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Josh Rosen guy, but he wrote an 80 page paper on how to fix the pay for players and to help the NCAA as well. Um, so if you want to look into that, it's a, it's a good geez. read. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So the AF, they have eight teams. They play 10 games. There's no kickoffs. Um, there's no field goal. Uh, is there, are there field goals? They don't have extra points. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. I believe they do have field goals. Okay, okay, but no extra points. I didn't see one, <laughs> but yeah, I think they yeah. do have field goals. Yeah, yeah so no kickoffs. And they do have Christian Hackenberg, who threw a pick six, which just made me so happy. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get right into some of the other uh, fantasy football stuff. Today, We, uh, I'm not going to call this a game, because every time I say I'm going to play a game, it fails miserably, uh, and, and I end up getting emails. <laughs> let's and play a game. Every, and I get emails and tweets saying, that was the worst game ever. So we're not going to play a game. Uh, we are just going to uh, talk talk like men here. Uh, talk about football like a couple guys just hanging out. Um, so no, not a game. Just clarifying it's not a game. Uh, by the way, I just saw Wedding Crashers for like the hundredth time the oh, other day. Such oh, a so great movie. Great. Such a great movie. Um, it was such a great movie that I made the mistake right after I saw it when it first came out to take my new wife – to also go enjoy its humor with me, and it didn't go well. <laughs> Lesson yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, great movie. Uh, so for any of you uh, millennials out there that haven't seen it, that maybe have missed it, um, you know, definitely go check it out. It's uh, And there's there's probably about 100 quotes in that movie that you could take yes. home with you. Um, yes. Anyways. Um, that's why I always call John a motorboat and son of a bitch. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, and I appreciate that. All right. Uh, so, John, what I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of go through some of the uh, big names in fantasy, maybe even small names. I don't know. I might try to throw you off here um, on this little talk that we're having because we're not playing a game. Uh, we're going to go through each position, basically, you know, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, kind of go through some maybe surprising stats that you may have not known. Maybe you do know. Uh, I'm just going to kind of – rattle it off and figure out um and basically you know what we are going to play a game we're going to play a game <laughs> called... dale was not okay <laughs> with this just being an activity it has to be a game well somebody needs to lose there you go it's got to be me i'm sure <laughs> uh this game is called stump john so the the uh so i can't i'm not uh, let me this is like okay. This is like when stats things gone, so yeah. I, I don't have any stats up. So let's this, have fun. This is you be you remember? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I was ahead of my time or if this if everybody watched it. But uh, when Ben Stein's money, remember that? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just like this. So you're. This is a uh, when John Chapman's money here. All right. So let's get right into start some of the running backs. Uh, Mr. Chapman, 
uh, I don't know. This, this is kind of organically going because we don't plan for things. So um, I'm just going to kind of go for it. <laughs> the professionals of fantasy football. True or false? David Johnson and Adrian Peterson ended up both with top five numbers and attempts. I, I Okay, I'm going to talk through this. David Johnson, I believe, did. I do not believe Adrian Peterson did. This is running rushing attempts. Correct. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say false because David Johnson did. Adrian Peterson did not. Okay, a little backstory here. Adrian Peterson and David Johnson both uh, played 16 games. Okay, uh, they were both uh, right around uh, 275. Well, Adrian Peterson had 275 snaps played. David Johnson 280. So only five snaps separate Gosh. the two, and they both. I'm wrong, aren't I? They both were in the top five in attempts. Adrian Gosh. Peterson 251, and David Johnson with 258. That Man. that is crazy. Uh, for Adrian Peterson, I mean, I'm, I'm just I, the reason I asked is just to kind of put both of them in the same conversation as far as attempts. And how crazy is it that Adrian Peterson got that much work? It was the it was the best case scenario yeah. in the world yeah. for Adrian Peterson because you know guys goes down. Uh, pretty excited to see what he's going to do next year. But then Chris Thompson goes down. Then they have Capri Bibbs out there. He goes down. Like, just everybody was dying. And sure enough, old man Rivers over here is just, hey, <laughs> I'm a big giant pound of muscle. Just keep giving me the ball, and it worked out for him. So it's funny because Jake Root in that offense, they hate having a three-down back. And the fact that they had to use Adrian Peterson as that this year was so interesting. Next year, like, that's not going to happen. He wants two separate backs running the field there. So... Yep, both had the same amount of touchdowns, seven. Man. And Adrian Peterson actually averaged about half a yard per carry more than David Johnson. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Johnson next season? Let's just let's take this season just throw it out the window, right? Is that what we're doing? We're just throwing this uh, 2018? Yeah, you have out, to. Out that was, I mean, <laughs> they went through essentially three different offensive coordinators in Arizona behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. I mean, just awful, uh, just terrible. And now you're going to Kingsbury, which, you know, we don't know what to expect with Cliff, but we know what he does with offense. It's open spread, and it, they throw to the running back like crazy. So, David Johnson, like, you just have to delete last year, like you said. I am very, very high on him. Okay. All right. Uh, we are. We talked a little bit about Nick Chubb. I know you're higher than a lot on Nick Chubb here. Um, let's talk a little bit about explosiveness and, you know, being able to break free and gain some considerable amount of yards. Let's talk about the stat, which is which of these running backs had more, uh, 10 yard run, 10 yard plus runs than Nick Chubb. Okay. Ooh, I don't think that's a long list. It's not actually, uh, it kind of surprised me. I will give you three names. One of these names did not uh, get more than Nick Chubb. Does that make sense? Am I making... Yeah, this is fun. Okay, so I'm going to give you three names. Philip Lindsay, Derrick Henry, and Melvin Gordon. <sighs> Man, okay, so let's talk through this very quickly. You know, Philip Lindsay had a whole bunch of 10-plus yard games, so I'm going to say he's up there. Derrick Henry's year was trash up until the very end. Melvin Gordon has always been a very, very low yards per carry player, so I'm going Melvin Gordon did not. Okay. I kind of made it easy for you. I should have picked somebody else besides Nolan Gordon. 
That is correct. John does. But the other two were right. The other two were right. Uh, Phil, don't make it. That was hard for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I kind of picked these players. You know, Nick Chubb actually did surprise me a little bit. Nick Chubb with 28 rushes with 10 yards plus, um, which is pretty pretty good for being on that team. And you know, earlier in the season, especially not um, you know not moving the ball like they should have earlier in the season. So Nick Chubb had 28 carries of 10 yards plus. Phil Lindsay and Derrick Henry both had 30 yard, uh, thirty carries, 10 yards plus. And Melvin Gordon was just under that at 27. So Melvin Gordon's no slouch. And he actually had a little bit more uh, than I thought. With Matt Breida, uh, we'll talk about Matt Breida in a second, John, because I know you, you watched him a lot and you watched a lot of film on Matt Breida. But Matt Breida and Melvin Gordon both had 27 carries at 10 yards plus. Breida just seems like such more, such, so much more of an explosive player then Melvin Gordon, is this all, you know, uh, scheme? Is this all offense, or is this, you know, their his just his skill set here? What, what are is you it? talking about? Which one? Uh, let's compare the two. I mean, Matt Breida and Melvin Gordon seem like different types of runners. Uh, although, as far as uh, I'm sorry, yes, as far as rushing yards, um, Matt Breida had an 814. Melvin Gordon at 885. I am, I'm going to go out of a limb here, and maybe this is bold, but I think we've seen the best of Melvin Gordon. Already. Yeah, I, and especially once Philip Rivers is gone. Like, if he, he can't play forever. So that's got to play into it. And you have to look at what he did his first three years. It was awful. The volume's there, and he gets the touchdowns, but his yards per carry and yards per touch are just abysmal. Um, so I'm with you there. Now, Matt Breida, sorry, I choked a little bit there. Oh, he's, he's goodness. I'm dying. This game is just too fun, Dale. That's the problem. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, drinking whiskey when you podcast. Um, uh, all right, here we go. The issue with Matt Breida is no, he's a completely different player. Matt Breida is like a, uh, compact little hamster that is just jacked up and is a one cut runner and a true four, three guy. Um, so his speed plus Kyle Shanahan's offense is designed for home run running plays. Whereas Melvin Gordon, his thing is get a first down. That More of like a bowling ball, kind of juke out and just get three to four yards. He is just there to get first downs, whereas Matt Bree is much more of a home run hitter. So I don't know if that answers your question, but they are completely different running schemes and players. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, this last one, this is a pretty cool stat from uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, if you guys didn't know. A lot of, uh, a lot of our stats and stuff, they, they, I think they're probably one of the leaders or maybe even the leader in accumulating stats for, um, you know, if you're looking up and researching fantasy football stuff. Uh, let's look at this. It's, I think this is an interesting stat line. Yardage accumulated on designed runs. Hmm. How Im- <laughs> I think this is, is an important stat to look at um, because uh, – okay, let me rephrase this. How important is this stat, John? On designed runs, yeah. uh, this is a little bit more of a quarterback-worthy stat, like for Lamar Jackson, who does a lot of zone read, as opposed to kind of a Mitchell Trubisky, who has a lot of rushing yards for a quarterback, but his aren't designed. His is more of like a scramble – Well. Option one and two are closed, so I'm going to take off. So for running backs, maybe not as much. Um, 
but for the quarterback position, I think I think it's very very valuable. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it's a really stupid stat, and I wish I could erase what I said because yeah, I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of runs by the running back are going to be designed runs. So that's right. That's, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, and if I wasn't so lazy, I would edit that out, but it's staying in. So, anyways, I it it will be it actually when we get into the quarterbacks and stuff. Uh, how interesting that is. Um, anyways, okay. Now let's talk about one last stat, and then we're going to get out of running backs. Okay. Here, I'm um, trying to stump John Chapman here. Win John Chapman's money. Okay. Who I had? Who had more fumbles? Okay. Christian McCaffrey Alex Collins oh that was a dramatic pause I liked it (laughs) Christian McCaffrey Alex Collins or Matt uh, Mark Ingram Um, Mark Ingram only played 12 games yeah I'm taking Mark Ingram out I think it's Christian McCaffrey I'm going to say he had four fumbles on the year Mm-hmm. I don't know. Alex Collins had like three early on, maybe more. But yeah, I'm going Christian McCaffrey here just because the volume. Yep. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey uh, was just right behind. Christian McCaffrey has four. James Conner had four, and Ezekiel Elliott had six. Elliott led the league. How many did Adrian Peterson have? He's always up at the top. Yeah, he had three. He had three. So basically, huh. um, yeah, I mean, tied for third place, basically. Um, so I just, I don't know if how, I mean, they, the running backs. There's only you know a handful up on top that you really want to look at if the fumbling is a problem. It really, there's really no big fumbling issues. Ezekiel Elliott topping the league with six is it an issue for Zeke? Zeke gets so many carries. I mean, it, yes, it is an issue, um, but it's something that can be coached out. Like it's just the way that you run. Sony Michelle, for example, had fumbling issues at the college level, but I, I. Don't think, man, maybe one or two fumbles this year, if any at all. So, I mean, it can change. With Zeke, he's getting 300-plus carries every year. So, you just kind of be like, eh, shrug your shoulders. It's going to suck sometimes. It's not like he fumbled in the championship game and lost you the game by, like, one point. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, and to think, you know, you're talking about the the amount of carries that Zeke gets. The 304 carries for Zeke compared to 219 for Christian McCaffrey. So, right. I mean, you didn't, almost You didn't 100. take the bait on that juju a little bit there? <laughs> Sorry. Nope. <laughs> Come on, man. I was trying I was trying to poke the bear. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's go over and let's start talking about some receiving and looking at some of these wide receivers and their issues here. Uh, I have a question for you, John. This is an easy one. I'm going to start easy. I'm going to go harder and harder. That's what she said. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was about to say. Um, Antonio Brown, 15 touchdowns. Name me the second what, the second best wide receiver in, in terms of touchdown receptions. Most touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown was number one. I'm wanting to say, man, I've got it between two people. I'm saying Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams comes to mind. Okay, that's second and third, so you got to pick one. I think it's Devontae Adams. It was Devontae Adams with 13 and Tyreek Hill at 12. So not too bad. I didn't stump you there. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. All right. We're going to go down a little bit. I want to talk about your boy, Mike Evans. I I just got a trade offer for him 20 minutes ago from Armando. 
<laughs> Did you? Are you going to do it? Was it was one of the worst trade offers I've ever received in my life. <laughs> uh, do you like Mike Evans now? <clears throat> or have you come around on him? I yeah I am. Um, he in the, it's not so much him. He's a huge volume guy that plays with a terrible quarterback in Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston loves him, so he gets all the volume in the world. Now with Bruce Arians, one of the greatest vertical passing coaches in the history of the NFL, man, this is just match made in heaven. So I am very very high on Mike Evans this year. I, you know, I've I've hated this guy. Just because he dropped so many passes, it, and he's dependent upon yardage, and he's like the last place yards after the catch every single year because he just catches jump balls and gets tackled. So, uh, but the volume's there, and it, it, with the scheme plus the quarterback, I absolutely love this guy. Okay, how about this? This is a nice little, uh, nice little tidbit for you. So, Mike Evans is bottom three in uh, reception percentage. Okay. And I'm sorry, okay. he's bottom three within the top 10 of targeted wide receivers. Does that make gotcha. sense? You got me? Gotcha. Okay. So give me, I'll, if you can just give me one of the, Mike Evans is one of them. Give me one of the other two that were in the top targets, but bottom in, in that catch top 10 percentage. of targets. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom reception percentage, catch percentage. Odell, did he make it or was he not on there? Uh, Odell was not in the top 10 in targets. Not in the top ten in targets. Um, AJ Green? No, he got injured too. Nope. nope I'm trying to think of people with the low end. Michael Thomas was the highest in catch percentage. DeAndre Hopkins was pretty high. Julio was pretty high. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is not in the top ten. Damn. Uh, Actually, Tyreek Hill made eleven. Julio Jones, 166 targets in. Caught sixty eight point one percent. He was the second lowest. Man, um, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, pretty crazy. That was a good question. One hundred sixty six targets, one hundred thirteen receptions for Julio Jones. He did have eight touchdowns, so he did get in the end zone. We've talked about. What that. about now, man? I don't know because when he wasn't getting the targets at the end, but Jarvis Landry, there were so many games where he had like. 12 targets and two catches. Is he one of them? He is the bottom in catch percentage. He he's a, in the top 10 in targets, though? He is number nine. He has 137 targets, so two more targets than Mike Evans, and caught five that. less balls. So that brings him down to a 59.1% catch percentage. So he had the lowest. So um, I will call that a uh, sort of stumped, John. Uh, you yeah, eventually, no, I didn't I guess, know. Did get it. I didn't know. It was close. It was close. Uh, Juju I think I missed like, the first four. Juju Smith-Schuster was the fourth highest targeted wide receiver in the NFL last year. That kind of stands out to me because Antonio what Brown was What was his catch second. rate? Was his catch rate good? Very good. It was better than Antonio Brown's. Yeah, I mean, he plays in the slot, so he should have more. Now, if Antonio Brown goes somewhere else, don't expect that mm-hmm. because right now he's not seeing any double coverage, um, and if Brown is gone, which I don't think – I think eventually he'll stay – in Pittsburgh, um, you know, Juju wants him there. <laughs> He's come out and said it. So hopefully they keep him or give him for free to the 49ers. That's mm-hmm. kind of the two things I want to happen. Yep. Okay. Now we're just talking about fantasy-relevant players. I'm not talking about the 160th player here that has 100% catch rate, right? So out of the leaders in targets, or leader, I guess wide receiver leaders we could say, give me 
Michael Thomas had an 85.6% catch percentage. Unreal. That had to be the best. It's it one by of far. the best ever. It's by far. Yeah. 80, I mean, 85 among the top, I don't know, 50 here. Nobody's even in the 80s. So um, we're not worried about that. But can you give me one other player that was at least in the 70s and as far as 70% uh, catch percentage? I know that uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen were high. Um, Robert Woods comes to mind as well as guys that were just kind of catching everything. Are those on the list? I'm looking for Robert Woods right now. I don't have the time to look for Robert Woods, but uh, you were right on the first two. DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen both had very high catch percentage. Um, what, so when we're talking about fantasy football for next year and we're ranking and you know we're going to put a, micro, you know, a, a microscope on some of these players as we're ranking them and looking at some of these stats, maybe not, not, not to make our full judgment and our full ranking just based off one stat, but how important it is, is it to really look at some of this stuff and look at, say, DeAndre Hopkins and say, wow, you know, when he was on the ball, you know, one, he was making touchdowns, obviously, but he was actually catching the ball more than most receivers in the game. So it matters on the position, right? Like if you're a slot guy, you're basically guaranteed like a plus eight percentage points, which, you know, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But whenever you look at somebody that's getting 100, you know, targets in, in a season, that's an extra eight to 10 catches. So if they're a slot guy... You expect a higher number. So what you're looking for when you look at catch percentages, are they an outside wide receiver? Outside wide receivers usually get deeper depth of target. It's ADOT is what a lot of people call it, average depth of target. So if you can get that high percentage like Michael Thomas and be an outside guy and have that high catch rate, that's just, you know, boom. Uh, that It's just going to be that you want to target guys like that. Or the yeah. antithesis of Mike Evans in most ca- cases, where he gets you know a lot of targets, but he's going to catch you know close to sixty percent. That's about it. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Another stump John question here. I'm looking at uh, which of these wide receivers, when targeted, um, did the quarterback end up throwing an interception? Okay. Did I say that right? Does it make sense? Okay. Okay. It's it's got to be Antonio Brown if he's an option. I know that he was interceptions like crazy. I'll tell you, Michael Thomas had one interception on him. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's unreal. Mike, uh, let's see. Um, Mike Evans had eight, which is pretty crazy. Okay. Devonte Adams had zero. God, Antonio baby. Brown had 11. Yep. I mean, and that's the thing. Like there, you can be a really good fantasy wide receiver and not a great actual wide receiver. I'm not saying that about Antonio Brown. I am saying that about Mike Evans in this past year. And a lot of it's a quarterback play, too. Like, you can't just put that on the wide receiver, but it's a two-way street. Um, Michael Thomas, he doesn't get interceptions, and but he does have one of the most accurate quarterbacks. I will say the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. So those two things add up to each other. But... Yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating. I feel like Corey Davis is probably pretty high on that list, too. I felt like several times he was getting intercepted when he was targeted. I don't know. Is, is he on there? Or is he up there? Uh, Corey Davis is not in the top 20. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. Antonio Brown had 11. Mike Evans, 8. Kelvin Benjamin, 7. Deshaun Jackson, 7. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin. Oh. <laughs> and Tyreek Hill had 6. So. Kelvin Benjamin's going to be in the AAF next year, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to think so, right? We'll Either that or Weight Watchers. One of those <laughs> one two, of two things. <laughs> hey, um, men need a role model, too, to join Weight Watchers. 
That's right. That's right. Okay. Tell, talk to me a little bit about yards after catch and what, what are you looking for um, when, I guess this is kind of like a, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not even going to try to break it down. I'll just ask you a question. Yards after catch, how important is that? I mean, obviously the top wide receivers in the game are all pretty much, you know, ranked above there. Although there's a couple outliers that I want to talk about here, but yards after catch. Yeah, yards after catch, you know, got started with Jerry Rice. It wasn't even a stat that they kept until the West Coast offense, Bill Walsh, and the slant pass that, you know, they throw a five-yard pass, but Jerry Rice would take it 60 yards. Now, the the top two yards after catch guys for the past four years have been Jarvis Landry and Golden Tate. Now, I don't know, man, I, I hate to say this, I haven't looked, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head this year, but those guys have been up there. My guess is... I know the tight ends have kind of taken over that. Uh, Kittle was number one this year. Kelsey was up there as well. Um, I'm sure Tariq Hill's probably up there. But, uh, who, man, who? I don't even know. Who was the yak leader as far as total yards after catch this year? I'll give you a hint. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Is it Juju? Yeah, it's Juju. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, uh, 660 yards after catch for Juju. Second place has 524 yards, which is Tyreek Hill. So Juju, I mean, he ran away with, you know, if there's a yak title, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster definitely got so, it. So I know this number off the top of my head because I'm stupid. Uh, George Kittle had eight, over 870 yards after catch. I'm sorry. Yeah, George Kittle did for the 49ers. Yeah, crazy. So he beat him by over 200 yards from the tight end position, which is, I don't know, it's nuts. <laughs> Uh, and just to point this out, uh, you know how many fumbles Juju Smith-Schuster had in the regular season? I don't think uh, none. He had one. And then he had one in the playoff game, baby. <laughs> oh, I guess it would have been that game. That was week 16. Was it week 16? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that, yeah, because so, that's how I beat you in the championship. Fuck you, Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, uh, John beat me in the championship game because Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled. But then after like that correction, 1.2 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, man, what a shitty story. Anyways, uh, yeah, yards after catch is pretty interesting. A couple guys, one guy I actually want to talk about, and I think he's always been underrated, and he's always been a pretty valuable waiver wire pickup when kind of like the stars aligned. That's Adam Humphreys. He, he's he, such a weird player to rank. Week to week, especially when you you know we all do our rankings week to week, he's such a weird player, and it just seems like the stars just have to align. You know, he, not only does he have to have the right quarterback, wh- whoever it is that week playing. On top of that, you have to have you know maybe a tight end out. Um, you know, when they were going Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard, um, and then you got maybe have to have another wide receiver out, and then all of a sudden Adam Humphreys, Humphreys would get a hundred yards and two touchdowns that game. Uh, I just think it's really interesting that Adam Humphreys was ninth in terms of yards per catch, uh, yards after catch, I'm sorry. And he he had limited play. Yeah, and he's a free agent this year, so who knows where he's going to go. It's one of the worst free agent classes at wide receiver, really, across the board. Wide receivers are just trash. Um, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, you got Terrell Williams, Randall Cobb, Moncrief. Uh, Golden Tate, um, it's just man, it's just a crappy list. It's Cole Beasley. Um, so anyway, there's not a lot out there, but there should be a market for Humphreys because if you're looking for a decent slot wide receiver, man, he's the guy. If you can make 
you know, Jameis Winston looked good, shout out to Paul, then you're doing something right. Yep, yep. All right, I have two questions for you. This is uh, talking about next year. There were eight players that had over 100 receptions. Okay? I'll. It's Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Juju, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Stephon Diggs. Out of those eight, which one does not get 100 receptions next year? I would say, man, yeah, Adam Humphreys, he's not for sure. And no, no, I, I say Humphreys. Pro- I didn't say Humphreys. Oh, sorry. Thielen, Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, I think Thielen will not. Okay. Uh, you know, he dominated the first eight weeks of the season, but things got so bad between him and Kirk Cousins. You remember in the – the last game of the year, whatever he was yelling at him on the sidelines about how to run a route. Which, yeah. if you're if you're trying to tell Adam Thielen how to run a route, you're in the wrong. First off, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he prefers Diggs, man. I, I I think Thielen. I love Thielen, but Diggs is the guy there. So I, I don't think both will uh, come back. And I think they're gonna have to run the ball more. I think they're learning. You can't just throw the ball so damn much. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Thielen and Diggs both had nine touchdowns. Um. And Thielen had more receptions and targets, but yeah, that man. Tight, if you could turn. combine the first eight <laughs> games of Thielen and the first eight game or the second eight games of Diggs, yeah, it would have been you know almost two thousand yards and sixteen touchdowns. Yep, yep. All right. So my next question is very similar to that. There were five players with over with ten touchdowns or more: Antonio Brown, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, and Calvin Ridley. Um, I don't know how hard this question is going to be, but out of those guys, who doesn't get 10 touchdowns next season? Calvin Ridley had 10 touchdowns. That's crazy. Um, Man, I think Mike Williams, if he's healthy, he's doing it again. Calvin Ridley, you know, Mohamed Sinu is probably going to be gone soon. Man, Calvin Ridley would be my first choice. Devontae Adams is a lock. He's the only player in the NFL to do it three straight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is my most likely to repeat again. Hopkins is doing it. Man, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, I don't think could do it if he changes teams. Tyler Lockett just, at 10. Tyler Lockett, yeah. I mean, they're if they keep running the ball like they did, Tyler Lockett had one of the highest targets per touchdown like in the history of the NFL. So that'd be a safe bet. But, man, He's just so good. If they if they let Russell Wilson throw the ball, that guy could be unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is kind of interesting stat, like you just mentioned. Mike Williams had 64 targets and 10 touchdowns. Tyler Lockett had 65 targets and 10 touchdowns. Th- those are both ridiculous Jeez. rates. Well, the difference is Tyler Lockett played more games, didn't he? Uh, let's or see. Re- no. Uh, they, well, they, they, they're technically, they both played 16. Huh. That's bull. That's bull. That's played. I it doesn't say started, so I'm not yeah. sure. Um, you know, at least got in the game, but I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So you're taking Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley taking them out. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, I take out, and Tyler Lockett, I'll take out. Interesting. Okay. All right. Michael Thomas goes in. He had nine. You put him in the top ten and put him in with ten touchdowns. If Drew Brees comes back, which I think he will, yeah, yeah I do. And the thing was, man, there were so many times. I think it was in one game he was tackled inside the five-yard line three times. 
Like he's like they target him in the red zone. So I, I'm staying with him. Um, I'm okay. staying with him. Three of these players had seven touchdowns. Anthony Miller, Zay Jones, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Which one doesn't get at least seven touchdowns? Okay, these guys had seven last year. Zay yes. Jones, Juju. And Anthony Miller. I don't think Anthony Miller does. I think that they go back to a more, mm. you know, A-Rob. And I think he's going to be the guy there. I love Anthony Miller, but I – man – I like all those. I hate <laughs> I hate kicking one out, but I'd kick out Anthony Miller. Okay. Anthony Miller did do the seven touchdowns in only 14 games as opposed to the other guys I mentioned played 16. That dude can ball, man. He was my draft crush, you yeah. know, through the process last year. Love that guy. I hate, I hate going against him, but it's more of that offensive scheme than it is him. Um, they love to run the ball in the red zone. And they spread the ball around like crazy. They have no go-to wide receiver. But if they did, I think it's going to be more A-Rob. So. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go ahead and keep it moving and talk about some quarterbacks. Oh. Quarterback in. What is your favorite quote from Wedding Crashers, by the way? I didn't ask you. Um, Off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever he's like you got me over here taking grenades i had a sock stuffed in my mouth last night and was tied up <laughs> that's, that's the whole lock it up man yeah. lock yeah. it up uh, i i so like ever since i watched that movie i really wanted to do a speech at a friend's wedding and totally rip off like everything from wedding crashers just totally do like a, a entire speech you know, the, you know, we only say you use 10% of our brains. I think we only use 10% of our hearts. We lost it's a the- lot of good men out there. <laughs> See, I watched wedding, cra- wedding Crashers, and I wanted to go crash weddings. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, it is a difference. Well, because you're um, fun, outgoing, charismatic, <laughs> and I will be uh, just people watching the whole time. That's the difference between me and you. We um, we did have a good time in Vegas. I will did. say that. I did. Don't, don't say too much. What we did it was <laughs> totally PG thirteen ish. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's uh, you see how quick he changed topics there. You <laughs> see that? You see that? Uh, by the way, we are going back to Vegas this upcoming year in August. Um, we'll have more info, but um, we're hoping some of our listeners will make it out there. Uh, maybe I don't know. We're gonna try to work something out, or maybe we can do a draft party or a party at. You know, whatever. We're going to try to do something out in Vegas with our listeners, too. So you guys start saving up some money and uh, try to meet us out there. We'll give you more info as the season rolls around. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. All right. All right. I'm booking it already. Cool. Good deal. All right, John. Uh, who was the leading yards, uh, passing yards leader? In ben Roethlisberger, That's I believe. Right. Yep. That's right. Two people, uh, two players threw for over 5,000 yards. They were... Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes. That's right. Who was lead leaguer, league leader in interceptions last year? I want to say either Eli or Big Ben. Pick one. Big Ben. Yep. Eli only threw 11. Big Ben threw 16. Yeah, man. And how many of those were to Antonio Brown? Like 11? <laughs> 11, yeah. Golly, isn't man. that crazy? So two thirds. Well, they just don't care if he's double double teamed. Like, which is just which is crazy. I mean, being a smaller receiver, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a quarterback, so I'm not going to talk too much shit. But 
That, that's pretty crazy. Eli Manning, for as bad as he was, he threw the same amount of interceptions as Tom Brady. Huh. What are their attempts? Are they the same? Uh, let's see. Eli Manning. Uh, uh, let's see. Attempts. Yeah. Uh, very, very close, actually. Eli yeah, Manning. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't have a great year as far as statistics Mm-mm. go. Um, he really didn't. It was just, you know, methodical, and they ran the ball very, very well. And over half of his passes were to the running back. Both those guys, Saquon or James White. I mean, it was just check down, check down, check down. Right. In case you guys didn't hear a million times as the season was wrapping up, we all know Patrick Mahomes had 50 touchdowns compared to the second leading touchdown score, which is Andrew Luck with 39. So 11 touchdowns separated Patrick Mahomes from everybody else. Gosh. Crazy stuff. Right. It's only happened two times that a quarterback's thrown for over 50 touchdowns. I mean, that's – no, three times, I think. Ooh, now i got to go back and check Jeez, that. Man. Twitter, hit me up, hit me up. Because I know Peyton did it, and I think Tom Brady did it one time as well. Okay. Give me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson's season. Um, he had 345 completions, over 4,000 yards passing, and 26 touchdowns with only nine interceptions. Not a horrible stat line. Um, disappointing about where you thought. Give me, give me some. Feedback. No, I mean, you got to look at what he did, and he picked his team up and put it on his back. You know, they won that insane stretch of games. The kid is just unreal. I absolutely love Deshaun Watson. My only concern is he takes a lot of hits, and he is pretty small. So outside of injury. Um, just from taking those hits, I absolutely love Deshaun Watson. You know, he's he's top three for me, uh, dynasty quarterback moving forward. I only have uh, what's uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck ahead of him. But I, I love Deshaun Watson. Okay. All right. I'll give you three players. You tell me who had the higher completion percentage. Ooh, okay. Deshaun Watson. Kirk Cousins. Eli Manning. Kirk Cousins. Had the highest? That's yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is that right? Yeah. Kirk Cousins had the fifth highest completion percentage with seventy percent, seventy point one percent. Um and he didn't suck. Well, I, I mean the, the, his stats, whenever you look at them collectively, are always incredible. Um, you know, I think he he broke a lot of milestones this year that had never been done. Something like you know, he threw for 4,000 yards. He had 30-plus touchdowns. He had this completion percentage. First quarterback ever to hit all those different milestones. There's a few more in there. The problem with Kirk Cousins is he sucks in primetime. If it's a Thursday night game, Sunday night game, Monday night game, or a game that matters, he is – if the cameras are on him, he is awful. And so the general perception that we have of this guy is, yeah, he's trash. But he's been basically a top-six quarterback four years in a row. Fantasy wise, sure. Um, so, but yeah, whenever you watch him and it's a big game, uh, it's trash. But if it's that early kickoff, holy cow, he's gonna <laughs> throw for three touchdowns <laughs> of four hundred yards. Just nobody's gonna know about it. Right, right. Give me three players who had more passing attempts than Kirk Cousins: Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan. Very close. Patrick Mahomes was wrong. Uh, wow. Kirk Cousins had he six, had less. Kirk Cousins had 606 attempts. Patrick Mahomes had 580. 
So about a 30, wow. 30 attempt difference. Uh, Roethlisberger, Luck, and Matt Ryan all, Luck. Had, all had more. Not by much, but they had more. So that's pretty interesting. I felt good about that Matt Ryan one. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. That was good. I'm, I, I think uh, we're coming about even with this game. I don't know if I totally stumped you, but I think you're getting a lot, a lot more than I thought. So, all right. One. I think you were trying to compliment me and make me feel bad at the same time, and if so, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the number of times a player has been sacked. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Uh, who do you think was a league leader? The, I know who the league leader in sacks was. Damn it. Was it, man. I, I'm going to get this one wrong. I know the answer to this because it's just staggering. Um, gosh, it's not Eli, is it? No. Man. I don't know. Give me give me some options here. All right. I'll give you three guys. You tell me who had more sacks. Eli Manning. Oh, no, shit. I already said Eli Manning. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, or Deshaun Watson. Man, I do. I I want to say it's going to be Deshaun Watson because I hate that offensive line. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was on record saying it's the worst offensive line, if not the second to worst. So I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Deshaun yeah. Watson, 61 sacks he, to, he took compared to, say, somebody like Russell Gosh. Wilson who had 10 less sacks. Another terrible offensive line. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's crazy what these guys would be able to do with a powerful offensive line. Now, on the other hand, one of the – I know they had their injury concerns, but still one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, the Cowboys – Deck Prescott had the second most sacks taken at 56. Yeah. A lot of that is the offensive scheme. Dak can't check very well at the line of scrimmage, and he does not get the ball out quick because his wide receivers do not get separation, and he makes a wrong read. You know, one of the things that I did in my you know quarterback evaluation, the article I'm talking about, like what I evaluate quarterbacks, the number two most important thing to me is read progression. If you are a quarterback that stares down a read – I, you're going to take sacks, and that's what Dak does. Um, he has one to two reads, and he's slow. Um, he's not an anticipation thrower. And so that if, if you're taking that many sacks with that offensive line, you've got three all pros on that out of five guys. That's on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. Anyways. Well, yeah. Uh, I think that's all that our listeners can take for today, John. <laughs> It was a lot, but it was fun for us, man. Hopefully, no. they enjoyed it too. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was good. It was good. Um, I'm looking at quotes now for Wedding Crashers because after we talked about it last, I was like, there has to be a lot more. There are some really good ones here. Um, the kitty cat one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you I met? Well, I didn't meet her, but I read rode in an elevator with her. Dude, yeah, yeah. she still has it. I would have hit the I would have hit the stop button. <laughs> Made it awkward. <laughs> the whole time I was just thinking, kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty cat. The entire time. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of. I was just looking at her thinking that the entire time. Um, but, man, I mean, she's she has to be, like, in her late 60s now at least, right? It doesn't how, matter, man. How old is it doesn't matter. Let me, I'm going to tell you how, how. She's 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 not too old. That's how old she is. She's not too old. Um, how old is She still qualifies. How old is too old? 
whatever Jane Seymour is plus two. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, that would make there's like a calculus ex- example out here somewhere. Yeah. J S plus two equals T O. <laughs> uh, she's sixty seven, so that means sixty nine is too old. She's collecting uh, Social Security. Yes. Yeah, she- <laughs> Yikes. I think that's a little sixty seven is a little a little much, buddy. But when you saw her in the elevator, let's be honest. Yeah. No, she like I said, she still had I mean you can I mean you could obviously tell I mean, I don't I don't know if I would guess that she was sixty seven. Um, but you know, she didn't look necessarily like a you know you know, young. <laughs> I love how we're trying. One of my favorite things to do in these situations is figure out what that line is. You know what yeah, I mean? Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, give me so, an, yeah. give me another old one. Give me another old person. Um, Selma Hayek. I just adore. I don't think she's on that list, though. No, she's she's only how how old do you think Selma Hayek is? She's only fifty two. She's twenty. Oh. What twenty five yeah. years younger? Yeah, that's that's not even close. Um, I don't know. I'm not into the the old ones. Um, well, I can't even think of another seventy uh, something year old, um, at all. I saw Dolly Parton on uh, what's it called today? What would you say about her? She does. She looks the exact same as she used to look. Uh, I, she, I've never been a fan. She's looking pretty rough. Yeah, she's seventy three. She's looked rough for yeah fifty years. Well, she crosses that threshold that you said. You know. 16, yeah, 16, right. <laughs> so that makes sense. You're you're proving uh, that's doing it right. Oh, what about Marie Osmond? How old is she? She's not that old, is she? Who? Marie Osmond. Who's that? Yeah, she's not that old. She's fifty nine. She looks okay. I don't know who that is. Is that Doctor Oz or something? No, you Donnie and Marie. Oh, gotcha. You don't know who I'm talking about, do you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know who that is. Yeah, jeez. Oh, um. Ah. Anyways. All right. Well, I. Uh, I guess that's about it, John. Uh, for those of you who enjoyed listening to John ramble on, uh, you can get more of his ramblings on Twitter at jl underscore Chapman c h a p m a n. Um, you could get all. You he writes some articles every now and then on eatsleepfantasy.com. He, I pretty much retweet. Try to retweet as much as John's stuff as possible on our Twitter at Eat Sleep FF. Um, anything else, John? Do we need to talk about AAF at all? We're not going to do that, are we? I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm NFL draft season, man. It, it's it's hard to take time away from the draft. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I guess that's uh, that's enough. We'll stop playing tummy sticks for now. And, uh, you made me that painting. I'm taking it with me. <laughs> I made you a painting. Call it celebration, sexual and violent. I thought you might like. There you it. go. <laughs> right, that, that was first uh, first quote that popped up. I I cheated, but it's okay. Anyways, for John Chapman, my name is Dale. Thanks for listening. We will try to get to you at least once a week from now on. So uh, keep checking your feeds for good stuff from us. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, John. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. I said that like a couple times already. Bye. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. 
We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy Eat Sleep Fantasy